previously on 1d4. Shit's about to get real, guys. Come on, guys. Been in this room for like two weeks. Snap out of it, bitch. We gotta go. Well, friends, I think we know what we have to do. Are we ready? <laughs> I've been expecting you. Uh, we've been expecting you. That is confusing. This is very rude for you to be interrupting my monologue. Shut up, squid. Yeah. Reek, you better be fucking scared. Riley sits down on the ground. What the fuck, Riley? You're going to sit down on the ground? Wait, does, is that an action? No, it's just weird. And she's using her tattoo for the very first time. I wish I could see it. I'm dead. <laughs> you should have counterspelled the card. Oh, hey, boyfriend. Took you long enough. You know how to do this, right? You can get us out of here. There's nowhere in the world that could be worse than what we're about to experience right now. Robbie, what do you do? I'll close my eyes and think. of the crimson throne seven days to the grave guys have we really not played since september 8th because that was the last time i took notes yes yes sounds about right it's been a while been a minute oh my God, i have three months that was a long time ago <sighs> i was not a master back then and now i am master williams i'm going to get my thesis in playing D D now what is my next goal this you is a new person yeah, I do want to do that. You want to you go know, back to school? What would you go back for? Right. Oh, not don't talk to, go to me. Back to school. She's allowing me to go back and do a little more research. Let's talk about that. Not until after the first of the year, though. Yes, yeah. So I have well, that's one. like three weeks away. I know. I have one I more. He tried to go to this do. weekend, though. I did. I was trying to get it done, but and I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not bored. Doctor Miller Schultz has a goal he wants to get publications this is an easy publication and i told him i no longer want to write and he said that's okay just do the experiment that's something i could do so i'll do it you know he helped me out i'm gonna help him out scratch my back i'll scratch yours that's how the jungle works david welcome david david is someone new uh to the Um, podcast okay sorry never mind go on david would you like to introduce yourself tell us um your favorite color um your favorite Pokemon, and your middle name. Go ahead. My middle middle name is Joseph. My favorite color is green, I guess. Huh. You guessed. Nick didn't know that. I I didn't know Joseph either. (laughs) David didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my kids ask me all the time, and I just switch them up every time they ask me. So, (laughs) Um, And then my favorite Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, right? me um i like psyduck a lot that yeah platypus he's a goofy thing. little platypus he's not i do like psyduck he's not a platypus there's actually there is actually a pokemon duck. that's a platypus a yeah um <laughs> david is joining 1d4 he's an orphan from another podcast a dead podcast so welcome it's, david it's coming back Stone it's gonna be on. fun i need to change my <laughs> name oh no i did are you still holding out hope for 1d5 he I'm is. Gonna, I want to kill. Can you guys like so kill that? Yeah. It's done, right? <laughs> we killed it. We should yeah. just do yeah. one yeah. more session though, so you can kill Malagor, and then you, you know what we should do? We should use this crew and play the characters of the one d five cast, and David plays his character, and maybe Rob will play Malagor. Um, Natalie will play. I'm Bill's worried work. that Rob will <laughs> think that I'm actually mad at him. Because yeah, yeah, because you were <laughs> you, you're a very mean person. Uh, but Wait, welcome, what? welcome to. 
Yeah, it's a long, complicated story that we don't have time to get into. I edited the episode 21, the last episode that we did, and man, those last two episodes were each like two and a half hours, which is ridiculous by our standards. So let, let's, let's tighten it up. I think Rob, at the very end of episode 20, was like, no, I know you prepared this, you fucker. Let's go. And I, I think I, I looked we at my wife and I said... We were all like prepared mm. to do that fight, I mm-hmm. think, though. That's ready were you leave us you were prepared to do that fight some change in and then that fight ended up lasting like another hour (laughs) yeah god you guys you know what and i noticed that (laughs) it would have been a tpk it would have been a tpk if rob hadn't have fired off that uh vicious mockery and gave it disadvantage that would have been it it would have been game over i think in those last three episodes rob saved you guys by not doing any damage just disabling people he saved me a couple times like in episode 20 i think yeah and Mm -hmm. 21 okay and i just i just started my re-listen and in episode two i think one of our hardest battles was with freaking giggles because me and Nat almost died, yeah. and Rob got the last hit on Giggles, we only which is so like fitting. But hit points, right? I know. I'm saying. I mean, it was level one, but still, like we were both unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Rob. Rob is a sleeper Giggle. hero here. Uh, right. He screwed me out of a pay job. Yeah. He killed the crowd. When we all realized he meant literally, we were like, "Whatever." Uh, I told him that. <laughs> you were like, "Wait, he what?" <laughs> He actually killed the crowd. Rest in peace, Giggles. Um, also, uh, we are missing one of the 1D forecasts. Sean is having a date with his girlfriend. Forgot her name. Rhiannon. Rob, please. Rhiannon. Um, so I hope you guys are having some steak, maybe some vegetables, something disgusting. And I hope you guys are like making out right now as we talk. What time is it? 916? We'll check in. We'll check in to see if you... 921? Uh, 916, actually. Your computer's wrong. Probably has a virus. Um, but we look forward to you coming Why back. I don't know. That's actually indicative of a virus. That's weird. I'm pretty sure that if yeah, let's not let's not explore that yet. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, five we'll, we'll minutes ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever your your chronometer. It's so funny that we're talking about time because not only is time limited, but this whole episode is about time. Wait, I missed you all add your my faces. inspiration dice. Oh, hi, cat. Hi, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Tell cat I said hi. Um, let's add that inspiration dice. Oh, did you turn off your camera because your wife's naked again? Cat always walks in front of the camera naked. Just stop. Not true. She does not always do that. Every single time I've seen Cat in front of a camera, she's naked. You just David. saw her. She was fully clothed. Mm, well, there's the first time for everything. <laughs> uh, let's add that inspiration dice um, yes, in please. your head. Someone please type that into chat so I don't have to. Um, the D4. Um... Yeah, I miss you guys. I'm happy to see all of your faces. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Now that I don't have to focus on school, all I have to focus on is keeping my wife happy and playing D&D. So we are going to adhere to that schedule every other week. Uh, David is alleviating any issue that we might have with attendance. Um, and he'll step in. Sometimes we'll have four players. Sometimes we'll have five players. We'll never have less than four. And we'll never have more than five. So it'll be a lot of fun. Do you guys all have drinks? You have an important question? Yeah, is this is this the map we'll always be on? Uh, for tonight, yes. Mm-hmm. Today is completely theater of the mind. So we are opening Foundry for the roles. But uh, this first episode, as most first episodes of books are, is a lot of the DM talking, which uh, is going to be great. We all love the DM talking. Uh, and a lot of role-playing. A lot of on-the-spot role-playing. So I hope Natalie's ready. 
Wonderful. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> favorite thing to do. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be just tense. It's gonna get uh, lots of practice. This is gonna be a lot of role play practice, and I can't wait to hear your nervous laugh because I know what that is now. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, do we have any questions off top before we hit? What's her nervous that? laugh? <laughs> oh my god. What? That was yeah. such a horrible impression. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Okay, you know what? I'm going to put in all of the nervous laughs from the entire book Do one it. right here. Just give a recap. Just a recap of Natalie's <laughs> laughs. Just the, the laughter. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh yep, yep, that one right there. And uh, actually I haven't put in because he puts effort, a little bit of effort into this one. I do put a lot more effort into this than I ever have. Um, I don't know. It's because I love this crew. And I love you too, David. I want you to know that as I blaze into the finals of our fantasy football. Oh, did you say blaze? Just say- oh, shit. <sighs> I did say blaze. <laughs> I did say blaze. 420. Oh, there's the fire. That's some XX Nova <laughs> fire there. Okay. Do we have any, um, any more questions before I open you just this sound set? I just want David to let go and have a lot of fun with us. That's right. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know, uh, David is my rules lawyer for now. Uh, because my wife now, is coming for that seat. Coming for coming the for title. Seat. Um, after we're done with Curse of the Crimson Throne in 20 years, we will be starting uh, another Pathfinder, and it'll be an actual Pathfinder AP, and my wife has been reading everything. So, I mean, she's going to be ready. So David is the, the rules lawyer here, so he might be a little rigid, but we're here to touch his penis just a little bit, so he relaxes. David, do you have any comments? Um, yeah. Okay. I have a couple well, you can keep them to yourself <laughs> okay. as we start the recap. We are not going long on this episode. All right, guys. Everybody stretch your, your fantasy muscles, your fantasy muscles. and Feeling sweaty? You nervous? Feeling, oh, yeah. I'm ner- My hands have been cold all day. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous how much prep goes into like a 45-minute hour session. I have been prepping all fucking day. And it, I mean, it doesn't really matter because none really of this like is going to be. I think this is only going to be 45 minutes with me. I know. Talking. I know. I, I know. David, everyone else, welcome to the recap. The first episode of book two. Last time. No, wait, 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 wait. There's a trick from Star Trek. You say last time when you're talking about last time, but what Star Trek does sometimes is they start like this. Instead of last time, they say, previously on 1D4. Book one. Four strangers gathered in a small house in the city of Corvosa. Four stories tied by a common thread, a tapestry that was destined to unravel. Gadron Lamb, dead, though his lineage lived on. The city mourned a loss of a great king, and anarchy ensued. A lost brooch returned, the new queen satisfied. The Revengers were born, and put to work immediately. The Cowhammer boys were dispatched, but old Corvosa was left hungry in their wake. Varric was interrogated, and he was clearly a pawn in a game that you guys have yet to uncover. Eel's End was given the Ocean's Eleven treatment. The ledger was secured, and enemies were made. Chris Bacon. King's Killer was named, and she ran like the wind. Trinia. Broken, but innocent. 
A Shawanti boy is murdered in the streets by racists, and a shaman of the Skarlqua whispers of war. Rolth Lamb is still alive, the murdered Shawanti soon to be his undead toy. The Revengers dive in head first, and in a moment of desperation, open a door into the unknown and step through with their eyes closed. Selah Vrieg. And now we find ourselves on the other side of that door. Now, some time ago, I asked you guys to purchase masquerade masks. I think it's time that we all put ourselves in the mindset of a masquerade. I can't put mine on until it's like my time. <laughs> Why? Because it's very <laughs> uncomfortable and I have to take off my glasses. What is that? A cow? It's a dragon. It's a space a dragon. Oh I thought it was a cow. I'm not, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it through this. <laughs> I will put mine on whenever I have a scene though, okay? Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so mine good. is like... I, my little holes are too small uh, for my eyes. Mine too, and my eyelashes touch it, and it's so annoying. Put yeah, your I just fucking use, masks. On. <laughs> I put clips in my hair to hold it in, so it's not up against. Do you want to see it though? I'll put it on real quick so you can see it. Go ahead, Rob. What were you saying? I can't wear mine because I I won't be able to talk with it on. Like, there's no okay. no worries. You won't, you won't be able to hear anything if I if I'm wearing it. <laughs> I expect you to wear it until your scene comes. You'll know when your scene comes. So put that shit on. Oh Can't my god! See your eyelash getting like smashed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can someone take a picture? This is ridiculous. Nope. Someone it's take a picture cute, before. Oh, Natalie, wait, yeah, please. Smile. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Perfect. Can you just send that? Is it a cute yeah. picture? I mean, no. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> oh, God. Her name? Gator pauses. He knows both the answers, the correct and the truth. My guest is called Nova, and you do well to remember that going forward. There's an air of pride in Gator's voice, as if he has waited eons to show her off. Glorious Sir Gator, I will announce your arrival. Please come with me. The small tiefling man hops off his ladder-like stool and gestures the two of you into a ballroom straight out of a dream. From the black marble floors inlaid with gold-filled cracks to the four-story tall vaulted ceilings converging into an intricate stained glass dome, there are beings from every fantasy you've ever been told as a child. Not one of them is without a ballroom appropriate garb, and not one of their faces is uncovered. Everyone in the room is wearing a masquerade-like mask. Ravi, you put your hand to your face, and sure enough, you are also wearing a mask. The second you touch your mask, Gator reaches out, grabs your wrist. No, you mustn't. He gently pulls your hand from your mask and holds it in his own as he walks you into the ballroom. <clears throat> Presenting Lord Gator and his Lady of the Night, Nova. All of the eyes turns towards you and your lord and the music pauses. Atop the stage on the distant side of the room, you see a tiefling woman turn her back to numerous floating musical instruments to address you. 
And what would Lady Nova have us play tonight? And what would Lady Nova have us play tonight? <laughs> Something upbeat, please. It's kind of a silence over the room. Hmm. That's an odd choice, but not something above my talents. The conductor boasts before turning her back to the unmanned symphony, weaving a silent font of magic over the instruments in preparation. Now the rest of the creatures in attendance bow to your choice, and some of them begin to shuffle off the dance floor as Gator tucks your hand into the crook of his arm, and he guides you towards the middle, into the spotlight. Robbie, this is going to be very disorienting, and that is not something that I can assuage. He mutters loud enough for just you to hear, and it's muffled for anyone else eavesdropping. I've waited so long to see you again, and now that you're here, all I want to do is spend the rest of the night sharing the heat of your body. But time is precious, even if we have an infinite amount of it. You find the middle of the Grand Hall, and it's hard not to notice that the dance floor is clearing even more rapidly. I hope you're not nervous. The remaining eight couples around you start to arrange themselves in a distinct grid-like pattern, the two of you at the very center. Gitter turns you towards him. Nova, I need you to try your hardest to remember everything tonight. Please take notes, no matter how trivial it seems. The lights dim and a relenting tune starts. Gator leans in and kisses you on the cheek and whispers in your ear. Your name is Nova here. Whatever you do, do not take your mask off. Gator stiffens, takes a few steps back from you, and bows deep. You notice this exact introduction replicated among the eight other couples that surround you. Their counterparts curtsy, and you realize that you're about to begin a very choreographed dance that you have no idea how to perform. What do you do? I watch everyone and see if I can mimic their steps. I need you to make a performance check. The first roll of book two while I change my mask. Actually, you know what? This is a great gator mask. I like this one. How many masks do you have? I have so many masks. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Would you roll? Ooh. <laughs> With your modifiers? Oh, God. Gator notices uh, your misstep and comes out of his bow a little quicker than the rest of the dancers to compensate for your two left feet, catching you before you draw too much attention to the two of you guys. Nova, just try and follow. Don't try to lead. Just follow me. Allow yourself to be led. And he pulls you close as the music starts to grow and you share a dance that you feel has been owed to you for too long. It's hard to focus on anyone else other than the person that you thought you'd never see again. And he smiles. Tell me, Nova, what do you remember of your trip to the Feywild all that time ago? We went on an adventure and we got our rings together. And then yes. when we came back, you were gone. Yes, yes, I know. But I need you to go a little deeper. Do you remember the details? Do you remember when when we became the proprietors of that tavern on the inn. Do you remember that? Of course, how could I forget? 
What did you say to me that night when we drank those invisibility potions? It's so hard to remember. We, we drank them. We were trying to abscond together before the actual owners came back. What were those words? I said lots of things to you. Yes, but you said something so specific, so funny. Oh, I wish I could remember these days just kind I of said, blended. I said, Gator, this is our chance to build ourselves from the ground up. Yes, yes, that was it. From the ground up. I'm so glad you remember. Oh, oh, you know, it's, it's coming back. Do you remember the anger? The anger you had inside when that nymph tried to bind my soul to hers. I've never seen you so scornful. You know I was born to be yours, but you were so mad at that fey creature. What, what did you say to her? I said... What did I say? I was so oh. mad. I was blind with rage. All I knew was that we were surrounded. It's so true. It's so true. Your memory is like that of an elephant. He spins you and it's very quick, but it's controlled. And you see that nearly all the eyes in attendance are on the two of you and the way that you're dancing. You're somehow outperforming everyone else in the room and it's probably because Gator is an incredible lead. I've missed you so much, Ravi, or Nova. I've missed you so much, Nova. Sorry, it's hard for me to keep that together. And his hand grips yours a little tighter and you feel a ring on his index finger. And he notes your attention wavering just a little bit and he brings your hand to his chest and he smiles to see that you're wearing the other half. I want to touch my neck and see if I can feel the necklace that is usually on my chain. It's still Do there. Do I feel it? Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You still have both of the rings. And he has a ring on his finger. And do Can you I remember? inspect his hand? Yeah, yeah, give me a perception check. Or uh, an investigation check. You're real close to him. Rule Sawyer David, is that kosher? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Rule Sawyer David, <laughs> you're trekking mask. Eight. <laughs> Eight. So, you know, you're distracted. Um, you're looking at that ring and you notice that it's a little bit blurry. There's a little portion of the ring that's blurry. Something familiar. Do you remember when we stole these rings? Of course. It's the best night of my life. If it was the best night of your life, you must remember the details. Tell me what you remember about our final heist, Ravi, in the Fae. Well, we were to come into contact with the rings I remember you told me just to follow your lead. Mm, yes. And you had the whole plan worked out for us. How could you forget? Oh, it's, it's hard to explain, but you're right. I did have everything worked out, as I usually do. We could have been greedy, if you remember correctly, but we were wise. We left behind the other two items, the Sands of Time and the Chronomancer's Scepter. And that mistake has led us to this very moment. You hear the music end and people clap and you guys are still holding each other close. And he keeps talking. When we left, pieces of us were left behind. Copies. Fakes. It's a rare occurrence, but here we are. The gator that you knew is very much so dead. And I am only what he left behind. And you, you left behind something too, Nova. What you left behind watched as you lived a life that she could not. 
watched as the gator you loved so deeply died needlessly in the streets of Corvosa. He pulls you a little closer, as if he's yearned to actually hold you. She embraced her chaos. In spite of your hesitance to do the same, I've been listening to the podcast and you don't like to cast spells. And she ascended violently to her current throne. She went back, Nova, and she stole the other two items and used their powers nefariously. He gestures to the ballroom. She binds us all here, all of us. These details are hard for me to remember because I've lived this night hundreds, thousands of times without you. She seeks what she can't have, and do you know what that is? What? It's me. She wants the love that I have for you, Nova. The love that the true gator left here, in me. Even though it's just a fraction of how he felt for you, it's more than enough for a million lifetimes. I love you. And that bond is what I've harnessed to bring you here. It's you. You have to save us. You have to save all of us. Tell me what to do. I intend to, but let me enjoy this night. I've waited so long to have you in my arms. We have time. And as he mutters that, the music fades. Jingles. Jingles, my love. You open your eyes to a scene no different than if they were still closed. I don't know how I'm going to do these mass changes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Let me... <laughs> it's like a long nose on it. Oh <laughs> Just wait. Oh. Give me a second. Oh, that's... Wow, okay. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is serious, guys. Can you can you keep it together for a second? No. You guys are in what? danger. That one's the best one. <laughs> Look at your eyeballs. <laughs> You guys are in actual danger, okay? I need you to be serious. Jingles, you open your eyes to a scene no different than if they were still closed. Complete darkness. You're sitting comfortably on a cushioned seat in this tiny dark room that you've just appeared in. A stark difference from the situation you and the rest of the Avengers were in just a second ago. Are you dead? Jingles? Your hands come up from your lap and there's something different about your face. Are you wearing a mask? You are. You hear a shuffling. A door opens. Someone sits down in the stall sharing the wall of the one that you currently occupy. Things are starting to make sense as you hear the church-like choir in the background. Someone takes a deep breath and starts to confess. Forgive me, Mother Tatiana, for I have sinned. I have accepted the Queen of Chaos's invitation to entertain, and I have done so knowing that she is without a doubt in league with the Queen of Air and Darkness. I do this for profit, and nothing more. My musical skills will allow me the fortune needed to make a life for myself and the material. 
and to pay off the insurmountable debt I hold for possessing such a brilliant instrument. Mother, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> Mother, your voice is angelic, as it always has been. Please. What do I do? I need the gold. I need to go back to the material. But I do not wish to serve the Queen of Chaos herself. Then just leave. This is... This is wise prophecy, but I cannot. I must play for her. My music is unmatched. There is no other bard in the Fae that can match my prowess. If you value your life, then you must go. Otherwise, you endanger all around. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. I hear these prophecies. Often from your dreams, Mother. Is there anything else you could tell me about my current situation? Leave town, but donate all your gold back to... Bashas. What is this Bashas you speak of? He's a local merchant who helps those in need. Local to the Fey, I have never heard of him. I will seek him out in your name, Mother Tatiana. Bashas, yes. Can you, can you be a little more specific on the location of Bashas? Go forth, and you shall find it. Ah, cryptic as always. Yes, yes. In your name. I shall find this Bashas. Thank you. Thank you. May she be with you. Yes, I cannot thank you enough. And as he thanks you again, you hear this soft notification, like a noise from a communication device goes, whoop, and you hear a voice. Briggs, it is time. The queen wishes to make her address ahead of schedule. Please report to the Grand Ballroom. Mother, I'm afraid I have to go. Your words will stay with me. I promise I will find this Boshus, and I will donate all of my gold in your name. Go forth and do well. Bless you, and may you always find the path. You as well. He's... And you as well. And he stands up and he opens the door and he shuffles out. You're left in silence. You feel yourself. I mean, you feel no pain. Just moments ago, you and the Revengers were in a fight to the death and you all sustained so much pain. And it's all gone. It's weird. You don't have time, though. You don't have time to think about it. Because as he shuffles out, someone else shuffles in. You hear this person sit down in this booth next to you, in the confessional that you now know that you're in. A church. Of all places, Jingles. A church. <laughs> Shad, I might explode in here. 
<laughs> oh man. David, what does Jingles hear next? Um, uh, Celestian, please, um, forgive me. I, I, I want to get out. I need to travel. I want to get out of here, but it seems as though I'm, I'm stuck. I, I need, I need your help again to get, get me on my way, please. And what assistance do you require? Who is this? I, I've spoken to Celestian. I've, I've seen him, and this this is not him. I'm an emissary. Celestian has no emissaries. He is the far wanderer. He does we now. Follow, we follow him and explore. Can I roll for a deception to convince him? <laughs> <laughs> you can. The check is is very high. <laughs> Ooh, okay, come on, nat twenty, baby. This is this is when you need a nat twenty. Oh my oh, fucking god! Are you fucking kidding me? So the first roll of the night. The first fucking no, it's not the first roll of the night. But he needed a nat twenty-seven. My god. Uh, David, can you roll a religion check? You need to beat a 27. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so he's, my character has seen Celestian across, yeah. like, during his travels. So this is going to be very interesting. This will be fun. It, yep. If he is, yeah, let's see. A religion roll a religion. Check. Religion check. No. Oh what? my God. Oh, but it's. But wow. It's smaller, though. It's less. Another natural 20. I can't believe that happened. That's pretty great. <laughs> Incredible. Okay, so wow. let me tell you. With roll both off. of you rolling natural, yeah, I mean, let's let's roll it off. Just just one more roll. Oh man. Great. I did not expect two natural 20s. Two, uh, one. Oh, oh my God! Okay, Another oh my God! Your, your second natural twenty. Natural twenty is playing the part. Oh my Jingles. God! Another Jingles, natural twenty. Another natural twenty. <laughs> All right, let me tell you what happens here. You know, in your heart, that you've never known your God to have emissaries. But God damn, this is convincing. Maybe you don't know everything about your God. Um, yes, of, of course. Um, so you you would know then that we are traveling people, and and I don't know, but I I, I seem to have been stuck here for I, I I don't know how how long. Help! Uh, how can can you please please help me and. In, esca in escaping this room. Uh, we can provide you shelter for the night and get you out in the morning. You Are you from here? Here? There? Aren't we everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes, um... Well, well, yes, I, I, I would like 
to join you. I, I'm not sure if uh, the queen will look kind uh, uh, kindly on that, but but if if there is a way, yes, per perhaps I can I can give you give you this to help help find us some way so that if you go away, I'll be able to find you. And then through the curtain, he'll pass his. <clears throat> he has a pendant around his neck. Mm -hmm. That um, it's just a circle with seven. It's a black circle with seven uh, white. It's like he burnt wood and like smudged it all over the this metal, and then scratched out seven stars onto the metal. So he'll take that off of his head and give it to you. Okay. Pretty grand gesture. Wow. Jingles, do you take that? Yes, he takes it with both hands and, you know, you know, it's not like he just goes in and swipes it. No, he takes it, you know, carefully and, you know, not to damage it or takes it with some, takes it with care. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty heavy gesture uh, for someone to give them, give you their holy symbol. Uh oh, so yes, yeah, yeah, please, please, when 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 I find you again, I'll I'll need that back. But um, yes, uh, I'm I'm going to leave now. But I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon, and then I'll get up and leave. Jingles, you're left with this in the black circle pendant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you hear. Someone shuffle into the church, not into the booth, but you can hear them walk down the aisle. Yes, the queen requests everyone's presence in the ballroom. Please, it is time for her to make her address. Okay, so I guess, well, <clears throat> usually with those confessionals, there's usually a front door and a back door. I'll correct, go correct. out the back door, um... So that nobody okay. sees in the general seating area. Vicinity. Mm -hmm. So no one sees that you were in that booth. Yeah. yeah. No. And so you you walk out and you see that it's a it's a fairly empty church. There are people just, you know, bowing their heads in prayer. Uh, nobody else is in line for the confessional. And you see that that person um, that was trying to usher everyone into the ballroom is a pixie. Uh, a being that you haven't seen, I think, ever. It's very clear to you now that what that person that was sitting in that booth with you, that booth with you, was saying about being stuck here. Where is here? And that thought goes through your head. What do you do? Do you follow this pixie? Do you stay in the church? Um, are there people getting up and starting to leave already? Or yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not just you. Yeah. Shuffle and blend, blend in. in. Okay. Um, blend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Do you, uh, you, keep, you still have that mask on, and everyone else who's wearing a mask, let me, let me emphasize that, so you're not alone. Do you keep the mask on? Oh, absolutely. I, I okay. do, do and match whatever everyone else around me is and, doing. Good. Can you give me a stealth check just to see how well you blend in with everyone else moving? Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Well, keep that in mind as you follow the crowd out towards the opening of the church. 
Now, Jingles, you get a very rare view as you walk out. The church is a separate building from the building that the rest of your colleagues are in. And you get the sight. You look out, and you are very much so not in Corvosa. You're not even on the material plane as you look towards the sky, and the stars make zero sense as they move. And they come down closer, and they go back up, and they're just alive. Everything is alive around you. And there is this grand mansion standing before you as everyone files towards it, and you can hear the music coming from there. You look around towards the perimeter, and you realize that everything gets a little hazy outside of the gates, obscured by a thick, always-moving fog. Just gives a little more weight to the words of that traveler that came and sat next to you when they said, I don't know why I'm still here. Kind of spooky. But as you blend in, you follow the crowd. You make your way towards the building. I'm going to change my mask real quick to something maybe a little more ridiculous. <laughs> Shut up, Natalie. Trying to hide while putting this one on. <laughs> oh, jeez. They're all just a little too small for your face. <laughs> oh, you see, it's just like the whites of his eyes, like, darting. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it hurts. It's so bad, but it's so good. Okay, all right. Let me, uh... Get into character for this, uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> this part of the scene here. Um, as we move to another part of the D4 crew, this thing is like poking me in the lip, and it's fucking, <laughs> it's fucking horrible. All right, so we move <clears throat> into a little bit of a quieter room. Off the side of the ballroom, you can still kind of hear the music, but you also hear the crackling of a fire. Riley, you open your eyes, and you're sitting comfortably in a high-backed wooden chair nestled in the corner of an endless library. There's a roaring fireplace warming your once-bloodied skin, and you're not, you're not bleeding anymore. You're no longer in pain. What are you wearing? Yeah, I look down and I'm wearing like a gown, which I've maybe worn once in my life before. Mm. Yeah, and it fits you. It fits you really well. This warmth from the fire is helping you regain whatever consciousness you've jaunted into and you realize that you're sitting across from a curved, horned, shirtless man. Between the two of you, there's a table with a three-dimensional board game set up. The two of you are engaged in a game of dragon chess. And by the looks of it, it's your move. We don't have all season, human. Make your move. You look down at the battlefield in front of you. You've never played this game, though your mother is a huge fan. From the little of exposure that you've had to the concept, you know that you have a few choices. I'm going to lay them out here for you. Choice number one. You can move the Paladin from level 3 to level 2 and attack the Knight. Choice number 2. You can move the Hero diagonally to intercept the Mage. Choice number 3. You can move the Unicorn to capture the Thief. 
And choice number four, you can move the warrior to engage the group of dragons. What do you do? I'm going to move the unicorn to mm. capture the thief. Mm. You move the unicorn into position and you can't help but feel the satyr's smile burning into your skin, even through the masquerade mask that you realize that you're wearing. As your hand leaves the piece, you realize that you have no idea what you're doing. And you should have listened when your mother would try to share one of her favorite hobbies with you. Shame. I thought this would be a challenge. His hands move quickly, his basilisk moving across the board to capture your king. All the way across the board. Checkmate. He stands from his chair and tosses the table aside, his hands moving to undo his pants. You know the rules, and so do I. I just kind of look at him. We don't have much time. A deal is a deal. Now take off that dress. There's a flash of movements from the shadows and a sick, skull-crushing sound as you see the thick fist of a masked man connect with the side of the satyr's face, nearly decapitating him in one punch. The creature falls to the ground in front of the fireplace with a satisfying thud. Checkmate. Though you just saw him before you all blipped into whatever situation you are now, Blackjack stands before you dressed lavishly. A form-fitting black suit with a mask that doesn't quite hide his facial features, like the mask that you're all familiar with. He pulls the bronze knuckles from his fist and slips it into his jacket pocket. I don't remember being invited to a party, especially one with satyrs. We're not in Corvosa. Riley looks at him and says, I mean, should I still take off my dress? <laughs> Riley, I'm going to need you to concentrate for a second. We are not safe. This guy isn't going to be unconscious for too long. We need a plan and we need it now. Where's, where is everyone? I have no idea. I just found myself sitting here playing dragon chess. And you're, you're, you're in a dress. I'm in a dress. This is, this is very weird. You're not bleeding. Are you okay? I feel great. Better than I ever have. Okay, well. Okay, we seem to be... We seem to be in a library. And he looks around and you guys are absolutely in, like, one of the largest libraries you've ever seen. Like, the stacks go all the way up, like, six stories. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you're super comfortable. You know what I mean? You're, you're in a great situation. You're not dying. You're out of danger, you know, for the moment until this guy wakes up. What do you do? I'm just gonna grab his hand and start to slide my way. Is there a crowd? Is there a lot of no, people in here no, or is no, there just no, nobody? You guys you guys are absolutely alone. You can hear that there's music coming from one side of the room. You can assume that it's there's a ball going on. It sounds like there's masquerade music going on in a room adjacent. Um, but you guys are in a very quiet, secluded place save the unconscious satyr that he just knocked out with brass knuckles or Bronze knuckles, rather. Riley, Riley just looks at him and says, I mean, should we go dance? Uh, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Are you asking me to dance? Let's go. We should probably be a little more clandestine. We, we have no idea where we are. That's a satyr. They don't exist on the material plane. Blackjack, I thought you were always up for an adventure. 
Right as soon as you finish that sentence, you hear the door creak. It was already cracked open, but it's starting to open a little more. Blackjack looks at you and he says, shit. And he pulls you into one of the stacks very quickly, just to avoid prying eyes. You hear the sound of multiple people shuffling in and he puts a finger to your mouth. And he gestures to his own mouth as if to say, don't say a word. You hear the door close. And you hear a language that you're familiar with. I'll speak in Thieves' Cant at first, and I'll send you the translation unless you want me to make the translation public. You hear two voices. The first voice says, What about the staggered one? He's out cold. Won't matter. Is the stage set? No slip-ups allowed. Aye. I've got the spot. We strike before the moon's done. Then why the shadows? Ain't we blending, not lurking? Mm. There's a tome around points to the door that holds the firm against the weave. Hiding riches in plain sight. Clever. Let's begin the hunt. Do you wish to share that translation with the rest of your party? Or is this just kind of private for you, between you and Blackjack? Okay, maybe it's kind of private. Send it to me. I will. Then I'll decide. You hear the female mutter an incantation, and through the gaps of the books, you see a bright, shimmering light leave her mouth and fall to the ground, moving an erratic pattern before adhering to an invisible path, leading them across the wooden floor in your direction. Blackjack looks at you, looks at the light, and again mutters, Shit! His brow furrows, stressed in contemplations, and the footsteps get closer. And right before they turn the corner, Blackjack kisses you. He puts his arm against the shelf behind you as as if to block the faces from view. The footsteps stop. You guys are still kissing. And you hear the sound of a weapon being drawn. No, leave them. Drunk and in the throes of passion, they pose no threat. Out of the corner of your eye, Riley, you could see that the woman stows the silver dagger that the man was pulling out of his shirt pocket. She clears her throat and she speaks plainly, not in thieves' cant. Oh, excuse me, in case you haven't been informed, the queen will be making her address at the ball. All are required to attend. Please make your way. Blackjack pulls himself away. Wipes his lip a little bit. And waits for you to speak. Did they walk away? No, they're waiting for you guys to go. Uh, Riley doesn't say anything. She just stares at him. She's a bit stunned. <laughs> Blackjack turns. Uh, yes, the queen. Yes, we've been, we've been waiting for her address. Come. And he hooks your arm in his and leads you past them. You guys head for the door. It's still just slightly ajar. And you make your way into the hall. And in the hall, you see Jingles. Wait. I see him under his mask, though. Huh? You what? There's a lot, lot going on here. What did you say, David? I have questions about Blackjack. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Um... 
based on his ridiculous name and his voice, yes. is, he, is he a masked person in general life? In general life, we've never seen his face, no. So is he wearing a masquerade mask over his mask mask? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's huh. it. I just wanted I did. to <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe we should make that canon. He just has a mask over his mask. No, it's a... Uh, He's just wearing a masquerade mask, and this is the first time that they're seeing a lot of his facial features, because uh, oh, okay. the mask that he wears in Corvosa is a full face, like Batman-type mask. Um, but sure enough, in the hallway, Riley, even through the mask, you recognize the shape of Jingles, the gate of Jingles. It's 100% Jingles. And even Blackjack says, is that fucking Jingles? Need. Chill, Blackjack. <clears throat> Keep your voice down. <laughs> Jingles. Huh. Holy <laughs> shit, Blackjack. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Are, are you okay? Yeah. What the hell are you doing here? What are we all doing here? I don't know. What's happening, guys? Uh, I found Riley. She was about to get it on with the satyr. What? Holy yeah. shit. Oh, he's just jealous. And he I punch the shit out of him. Jingle's <laughs> <laughs> eyes, you know, Riley up and down like, damn, kid. All right, so, uh, and David, your character is watching them kind of speak. Although you don't recognize his face, you recognize the charm that you gave him. What do you do? And his voice, probably. And his voice. Um... I don't know. I'm just gonna like follow the charm. Okay. Charm are you gonna? Distance. Are you okay? So you're not making yourself known. Yeah. Okay. That's wise. That's wise. You guys are all led into the ballroom. Jingles, just stay close. I've I've got no idea what we're doing here, but we're gonna go see the queen. Is there a bar around? Oh man, I could use a drink, but something tells me we're kind of far from Corvosa. Well. There's booze around. I can find it. And he just starts <laughs> off into the crowd. Uh, as Since I hear him saying he's going to go find the queen, I'll approach them, I guess, as Jingles is walking away. Okay. And um, I'll say, uh, <laughs> um, excuse well, me. What the fuck uh, is that? <laughs> and he's a, so he's a dwarf. <laughs> he's, um... Not as like stocky as you would think a dwarf would be. He's pretty. He's like w weirdly slender for his race. Huh. Uh, he has, like a gnome. No. Okay. Like a Th dwarf, but lean. Like a dwarf, but lean. Okay. All right. Um, like a lean beef. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> a bison. <laughs> yeah, bison. <laughs> More like a he. Like he's he's not malnourished, but he's like he's not. Dwarves are usually like super stocky and strong looking, right? He's not. He he looks. Okay. He was a little... runt. Yeah, I was just thinking that he's yeah. the, he was the runt okay. of the runt of yeah. the litter. <laughs> yeah. What do you um, say to uh, Blackjack and Riley? Um, I I heard that you were trying to speak to the the queen. Yes. I would suggest not. And why is that? Is this not her party? Yes, but she, I, I just would, would not want to make myself known if I were you. Blackjack looked towards Riley. Have you seen Ravi? No, I haven't. I'm worried about her, though. 
We found jingles. We don't say that name around here. We don't. We don't say Ravi. Do you know of Ravi? (laughs) As as I said, we do not say that name around here. What do you know of she who must not be named? That's a good one. That's a good one. We're gonna. We're gonna. (laughs) We'll we'll call her she who must not be named from now on. Go on. Um, I everything is a little, um, fuzzy. Uh, but I remember bits and and a lot of a lot of pain, and then waking up in the same place, which is in itself pain and. Oh, one thing I do know is that you do not say that name. Blackjack's expression, even under the mask, goes a little cold. Where are we? We are in the Queen's Castle, in the Feyrum. How did we get here? And as you guys continue your conversation, we follow Jingle's footsteps as we move into the ball it's not hard to find nova as we call her or she who should not be named because she's in the middle of the ballroom dancing with gator riley you see gator and for some reason you know exactly who it is you shared that memory with her back in your mother's office. And you just have this inkling like, Gator? But you for sure know that that's Ravi. Jingles, you see her too. Blackjack sees her. What do you guys do? She's kind of a distance from you. Like she's in the middle of the ballroom. There's really no one else around them. They had just finished their dance. What's the plan? Um, can I grab Blackjack's hand and like, are they still on the dance floor though? Oh yeah. Ravi and are Gator they dancing? are still. No, they're just now finishing their dance. As a matter of fact, you hear a little bit of applause. Um, they just finished their dance, but the, you know, people are filing in. This is the queen is supposed to make her address. What's your move? Ravi hasn't seen you. To grab Blackjack's hand and head over towards Ravi. But like I was not in a very obvious way, like I'm headed straight for her. Like we're just headed to the dance floor, you know? Close Jingles, enough to your... where like you can I won't see draw her. any attention and like I can maybe get her attention. Okay. Jingles, what are you doing? Jingles is just going to stand by because, you know, he knows, um, you know, he's one, he's trying to blend in. Um, you know, he wants to see what this queen... <clears throat> is all about, but yeah. um, I don't think he really recognizes it. Does he recognize and for sure know it's Ravi? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you guys have spent enough time together, even under the mask, you know that that's Ravi. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, then he's he's gonna like slowly maybe approach and just kind of make sure like you know, assess the situation, see if it's if she's in distress, maybe, or if it's yeah. possibly a lookalike and he's, you know, slightly inebriated. Mm-hmm. As he is, always. No, no, no. Um, You and Blackjack 
Riley, you make your way towards the middle of the floor. Ravi, you've just finished your dance. You're a little bit tired. There's a lot of information going around. None of this really makes sense. All you know is that Gator and the rest of these attendants are trapped here against their will. Something is funny, and it's your counterpart, your shadow, the fraction of you left behind. It's her fault. As you're trying to process this out of the corner of your eye, you see Riley and Blackjack. Gator doesn't see them. What do you do? Uh... Can it's a I very start... delicate situation. Yeah, can is, is there still music playing? Like, are more people dancing? No, I would say, actually, it's funny that you asked that, because the music starts to fade. The dance is over. It seems that everyone's kind of preparing for the queen's address. So it's just kind of a, a light murmur at this point. I want to lock eyes with Riley and and kind of just give her like a warning look and kind of just like maybe like gently shake her head like don't approach me. I take note of that and I just like stand back with Blackjack near Jingles. David, what is your character doing at this moment? You could see that Jingles, Blackjack, and Riley have all congregated and maybe, just maybe, you caught that woman in the middle that's dancing with Gator. You know who Gator is. You've seen him multiple times. You've just never seen him dance with this woman. But you could see that they had some sort of connection, that woman and the people that you've just met. What's your move? Um, He'll walk forward to make sure that what he thinks is happening isn't happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The music picks back up. Oh, well, as he, as he gets closer, do I recognize that as... Robbie? You do. Okay. You recognize the woman in the middle of the room as Robbie. Doesn't make any sense to you. How can she be in the middle of the room in such garb and with her face masked? You try to contemplate that as I change my mask one last time. So as he's changing his mask, uh, Eldrin is just gonna kinda like nervously laugh. And that's it. Just taking it did, to the situation. Did we learn your character's name yet? No, I meant no. to ask him too when he said don't take or don't say <laughs> Robbie's name, I was gonna be like, Well, what's your name? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Eldrin. <laughs> yes. Yes. The final mask of the night. Yes. I was almost just gonna wear that one too. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys see what you only know as Ravi, step out onto the stage. Ladies and gentlemen of the Feywild, esteemed guests and enchanting souls, I welcome you to this splendid masquerade. A tapestry woven with the threads of magic and moments destined to linger in the echoes of time. It's a really tense feeling in the room at this point, and Ravi, you can feel Gator kind of squeeze your hand knowingly. Tonight, beneath the veil of masks, secrets, and desires, they all intertwine, creating a dance of shadows that mirrors the enchantment that surrounds us. 
As your queen, I am honored to preside over this captivating dance where each mask conceals a story, and every step we take together echoes through the corridors of fate. In this realm where boundaries of time blur, where past, present, and future converge, I extend an invitation to each and every one of you, my cherished guests, to embrace the unknown and dance with the threads of destiny themselves. Let the magic of this evening weave a tale of wonder that shall be sung by the stars themselves. And now, to a soul that stands amidst the mystique, Gator, a beacon of charm in this realm of intrigue. Your presence is a celestial melody that resonates through the chambers of my heart. You hear a lot of people in the crowd go, aww. I extend a special invitation to you, Gator, to unmask not only your visage, but also the sediments that lie beneath. Confess your love, Gator, and together, let us embark on a journey into the enchanting realms of affection. A moonbeam from the glass dome that I described before falls slowly until it illuminates only Gator and Ravi. Ravi, do you still stand there holding his hand in the middle of this room? I'm going to let go as his let go of his hand. He turns as you let go of his hand. You see the heartbreak in his eyes as you distance yourself from him just enough for him to feel the pain. He offers you one last glance and then he turns back towards the queen. He shakes his head. There is no visage. There are no sediments underneath and I do not share your affection and I will never love you. This battle you wage is one of no resolution other than your demise. I love Ravi. The real Ravi. The woman that you can't be and the woman that you'll never match. Gator brings a hand to his face and slowly pulls the mask away, the material of the mask fading into shadow, revealing his face. Know this. Your time is near. You see the queen, and she's not okay. Something inside of her breaks, and she says, Oh, dearest Gator, did you think to deny the queen and escape the web of destiny that binds us? Foolish. The threads of time bend to my will, and in this dance you shall find no escape. Fear not. I am a patient monarch. And know this, Gator, as you navigate this cyclical waltz. In time, love shall blossom, and you shall surrender to the enchantment that binds us together. The masquerade is eternal, and so too is my undying affection. In time, all things are possible, and in time, Gator, you will love me. Queen reaches out into the air in front of her and pulls from a pocket dimension a delicate-looking scepter. She grips the handle and she shakes her head as if disappointed in his choices. She twists it in a counterclockwise motion and what comes next can only be described as the most excruciating pain you will ever feel in your entire existence. 
All of you experience true fear as you feel every thread of your being ripped from your insides, twisting and fraying before snapping completely. Some of you try to scream, but you don't have the ability as your vocal cords just stretch and then break. Everyone around you, Ravi, is experiencing the same thing. The worst death possible. You watch as Gator stands defiant, embracing his fate. He's done this millions of times before. Your pain, however, is delayed. And just for a moment, you make eye contact with the queen. And she squints. Your ring finger burns, and then you fall to the same fate as your companions. Death. And then blackout. And you're all lost to nothing. Now the first thing you feel is pain. This pain's different though. This pain's very different. It's familiar. The wounds that you all sustained during the fight with Rolf's Darrow return as you all return to the material plane. Very close to death. I don't think any one of you is okay. You open your eyes and you see that you're standing amongst a crowd gathered in the shadow of Castle Corvosa. You're all covered in the blood of the battle that has happened in an undetermined time ago, and you're barely standing. But you're together. The four of you. Ravi, Jingles, Riley, and your new companion who has escaped the Fae, thanks to Jingles taking the talisman with him. Welcome back to the plane. The material plane. Hans is nowhere to be seen, and neither is Blackjack. At one end of the public courtyard is a massive guillotine with a beefy hooded executioner picking his nose, as most executioners do. And on the other end, on a raised platform, is a single crimson throne, fashioned after the one in the castle, and atop it sits Queen Iliosa herself. This time she's not mourning. She's wearing a green and white silk dress, clearly worth thousands of gold. And she is flanked by an army of guards. Chief among them is Sabina Marin in a brand new set of full plate armor, crimson. An ominous drumbeat begins and the crowd starts to get a little bit louder. A group of guards is dragging a woman who bears a striking resemblance to Trinia towards the waiting executioner. The woman that you were tasked to protect. Is this her? I need you all to make perception checks. Even David's character, why not? Ravi got a 20. Jesus Christ. Nice, Riley got an 11. Jingles with a 10. Jingles, you rolled all of your good rolls earlier. I don't want to hear it from you anymore. David? David? Eldrin got a 23. Eldrin got a 23. Eldrin, you recognize this woman as a human with that 23. Congratulations. <laughs> Riley. Did you roll that? 
20? Was that you? No, that was no, Ravi. Ravi, you look closer. It's not Trinia. It's a lookalike. If you didn't know better, you would say that it was her twin. And as she makes her way in front of the cutting blade, she's shoved to her knees and her neck placed in a position that could be the end of her life. The queen stands and addresses the crowd in a powerful voice. Fellow Kovrosians, you have suffered greatly in these past few weeks. Homes have burned, family members have died, and fortunes have been lost. I feel your suffering, for not only have I lost a beloved husband, but with each act of anarchy that followed, my heart bled more. This has been a trying time for all of us, yet the torment is at an end. Before you, and she gestures across the courtyard to the girl that's about to get her head cut off, is the source of your anguish and pain. Do not be deceived by the murderer's timid nature. She is a black-hearted assassin. I offer you her death as a salve against the hatred and hurt that you have all suffered. And so without further delay, let us usher in the new dawn with justice. Off with her head. And the crowd just erupts. Everybody loved their king. And to kill the person that killed him pays back debts. Just before the executioner pulls the cord, he cries out in pain as a dagger embeds itself in the back of his hand. There's a silence for just a moment, and then you hear a man's voice. Oh, by the gods, it's Blackjack! And he points. And an instant later, you see the hero himself leap up from an adjacent building, doing a superhero landing on the executioner platform before pulling another dagger and throwing it into the executioner's foot. And he frees the woman from his rope bonds, and he quickly stands to address the crowd. Yes, indeed, my queen. Let us usher in justice. But let it be the justice for Corvosa, and not the shambles you call a monarchy. Long live Corvosa. Down with the queen. The crowd erupts. Everyone is confused. Shouts for the queen's resignation start to grow. Others calling for the execution of Blackjack. The queen's face is priceless. She whispers something to Sabina, and a dozen guards converge on her to cover her retreat. In the chaos, Blackjack visually sifts through the crowd until he finds Riley and the rest of you. And he nods. And you watch. Because as he's watching you, the executioner pulls his two-handed axe above his head to bring it down on Blackjack's head. You have a moment. There's no way he'll be able to hear you if you scream. On fire off an e-blast at the uh, executioner. Riley has a light crossbow. She's going to pull out and fire it at the executioner. Ravi, are you going to make a move? Yeah, let me see. I got... Eldrin, do you have any skin in this game as you see the rest of your makeshift party coming together to save this man that you know from the masquerade? I recognize Blackjack. Well, you do, do I? recognize Blackjack? Yeah. He's wearing his other mask. You okay. heard his voice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, so I'll cast. I'm going to oh, cast yeah. Blast before, before you uh, do that. What does that do? Oh, what does that do? Uh, Natalie, how about you tell us what the fuck Blast does? It gives all of us a 1d4 <laughs> on advantage. Like, 
uh, like to a, like to an attack roll or yeah to an attack within range. You whenever see how his bless target, actually does do three people. Whenever my to... target makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, which is it's a uh, I don't know how long it took. Perfect. Um, for one minute. Okay. Uh, they can add a d4 to their number, so to your attack or your saving throw. So I need Jingles to roll a d4 Ooh, to add... 26. Oh, Jesus, fuck. And then Ravi doesn't need to because she automatically hits. Wow, you guys are actually all going to hit. Jingles, just don't roll a 1 on your d4. Okay. So Jingles' ah. uh, magic missile goes wide. But let me tell you what doesn't go wide. Are not your magic My missile, e-blast. your e-blast. Your e-blast. All three of those magic missiles find purchase, and the arrow, like they're weaving around the arrow as you guys absolutely, yeah, what the fuck, obliterate this executioner, and Blackjack quickly realizes that he was about to get cut in half, and he realized that you guys saved his life. Eldrin, you have chosen sides here. And Blackjack grabs the girl, chugs a potion, and jumps higher than humanly possible as he escapes into the city. And as he does that, the camera pans up, the crowd's still going wild, and you guys see this title come across the top of the sky, and it says, Book Two, Seven Days to the Grave. And that's where we're gonna end tonight's session. Can we rest? Like- I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the 1D4 podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us at the1d4pod at gmail.com. That's T-H-E, the number one, the letter D, the number four, pod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.